You're about to listen to a message from the Father's Church. The Father's Church is an assembly of believers committed to revealing the fatherhood of Almighty God to this generation through sound biblical teachings and corresponding moral conduct. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. to start by reading from the book of Romans chapter 5 verse 12 to 20. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. For until the law sin was in the world but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. But the free gift is not like the offense, for if by the one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness we reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteousness, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, Many were made sinners. So also, by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. Praise the Lord. Last Sunday, Pastor reminded us because here we don't usually know what is going on. Resurrection week and other things like that. There are usually decorations that usually remind us in other places. But here, we don't usually know. Thank God we are reminded. But I started meditating on this issue of the Lord Jesus Christ coming and what he has come to do. What has he accomplished or what he has come to accomplish? Why did he go through all that he went through? For what purpose? Praise the Lord. And the answer, just as every one of us knows, is because of the issue of sin. Praise the Lord. I am very happy uh, just as uh, the contributions and from what we have heard on Sunday, this matter of Christianity, we heard that it is personal. It is one-on-one, me and God. Praise the Lord. It's not about church. 
It's not about the family we came from or the father or mother that gave birth to us. It's between me and God. Praise the Lord. And if the reason is because of sin, I want us to look back. So I've not brought anything new. We come to do study or to remind ourselves of what we ought to be or where we are supposed to be. May the Lord help us this evening in Jesus' name. So I want to review what is sin. What is the definition of sin? And the common definition is that sin is the transgression of the law. Transgression of the law of God. Praise the Lord. And then another definition that I now stumble on makes it clearer. That sin is a deep discrepancy between who we are and who we are created to be. Praise the Lord. Sin is a deep discrepancy between who we are and who we are created to be. When God created Adam and Eve, we were made to understand that he looked at everything that he has created. He said, behold, they are good. And before he created us, he said, let us create man in our own image, in our likeness. Praise the Lord. So that means in every way, the original plan was to be like God. And uh, we were made to understand that God is too holy to behold iniquity. So if he cannot look at it, that means he cannot be in him. And that is what he expected us to be. And that's the reason for the warning that do not touch or eat out of this. Adam is a pattern. He is the counterpart of Christ. Praise the Lord. Just as Adam was a representative of created humanity, so Christ is the representation of new spiritual humanity. Adam was the representation of the created humanity, but Christ representation of the new spiritual humanity. Why? Because after we ate the forbidden fruit, there was a distortion of who we really God intended us to be. And because of that, a remedy has to be done. And what we keep on celebrating and which we are still celebrating now has to set in motion since that time. Praise the Lord. We were all born into Adam's physical family. And there's a characteristic of this Adamic family because of what happened. That family line leads to certain death. And that is the reason why, whether we like it or not, apart from the issue of sin, there is death on a particular day for each and every one that come to this earth. Praise the Lord. Before the other one of spiritual death now gets added to it. All of us, because of what Adam and Eve did, have reaped the resource of Adam's sin. We have inherited his guilt. We have inherited a sinful nature. We have inherited the tendency to sin. Praise the Lord. And this is where the message is majorly all about. And because of sin, judgment, or God's punishment, also, we have inherited God's punishment in Adam. Praise the Lord. So, if this one has happened, then God, because of his mercy, has made provision. He has gone into action and he has made a remedy of everything so that we will be restored 
and we still maintain fellowship with him. Because what's happened has brought a kind of disparity that we are no more compatible with the presence of God. Praise the Lord. But he brought this antivirus, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And because of Jesus Christ, we have traded judgment for forgiveness. We have traded our sin for Jesus' righteousness. So now, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. When God looks at us, because we have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, when God looks at us now, it's no more seeing the wobbled and the famed or the destroyed uh, image that we assumed is seeing the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. So, Christ offers the opportunity to be born into his spiritual family for everyone that comes to the face of this earth. And that is the reason why what John 3.16 was telling us, or is telling us, that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Because if any material that we are using is corrupt, praise the Lord, if we try to do a remedy and the thing refuses to be corrected, what are we going to do? We discard it, praise the Lord. And that is the provision that God has made. Everything that is not compatible with his realm at the end will be discarded. And the kind of uh, disposer is to put in hell the one that born with the fire that born with sulfur. It will not be our own portion in the name of Jesus Christ. So, Christ offers us the opportunity to be born into his own spiritual family. This family has its own characteristics also. It begins with forgiveness of sin. It does not matter the kind of sin that we have been involved in. We said we inherited one from Adam, and then when we came to, we too continue because we, were, we fell from his loins. Okay? We continue to confirm what he has been doing, that this is who we are. And this nature began to manifest in us in different ways, even from the time before we begin to talk. Praise the Lord. May God help us in Jesus' name. So, the first thing that God did that was that he opened the door of forgiveness for us so that we'll be able to enjoy eternal life when we come into Christ. Praise the Lord. Please help me with uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 17. It says, For if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness, we reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. As sinners who are falling short of the glory of God, we're supposed to be going about with shame. Praise the Lord. Because we are falling short of the purpose of God and the intention of God for our lives. We are not supposed to be anybody. And that is the reason why as many as are still in the world who have not accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, no matter what they become, they are useless. Praise the Lord. Why? Because the essence of what God has designed them, they are not in it. And because of that, they were subject to Satan. They were subject to sin. They were subject to different kinds of things. Praise the Lord. 
But those of us that are in Christ are more privileged. We we talk more about it. He said we will reign. He said those who receive abundance of grace. I and you have access to abundance of grace. Call refer to any area of life that we need to excel. As children of God, we have grace in that area. Is it forgiveness? We have grace. Is it strength? We have grace. Is it to be healthy? We have grace. In everything that we, we need, we have it as long as we are in Christ. And with that, we are expected to reign on earth. We reign over sickness. We reign over Satan himself. We reign over death. Praise the Lord. Because death do not have power over us again. We will change state. But it does not mean that we are perishing like others. Praise the Lord. So, we reign over sin's power. We reign over the threats of death. We reign over the attacks of Satan. And in the power and the protection of Jesus Christ, we can overcome temptation. Praise the Lord. God, that is where the challenge comes. After we have given our lives to Christ, we are not removed from the face of the earth immediately. We still remain here. Then we are still wearing our mortal body, which is subject to temptation and other things. Praise the Lord. But our spirit man has been recreated. The Bible says, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Okay? What this one is telling us is that Jesus Christ has lifted us into God's presence. So we are free to obey God out of love, not necessity this time around. Formerly, we may be pushed, we need to be coerced for us to do the will of God. But now that we are in Christ, we are free. We have been released. We are reigning over everything that has been holding us bound. Even sin, we are no longer being held bound by sin because of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us. The grace to overcome any kind of sin is part of this abundance that we are talking about. Praise the Lord. That means there is no sin that's supposed to be holding or oppressing me again or tormenting me again. The moment I discover that I have this weakness, then I receive grace to be able to overcome it. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. So we are free to obey God now. Not out of necessity, but out of love for God and through God's power, not by our power. That is the reason why the word of God says, not by might, not by power, but by the spirit of the Lord. So there are a lot of things that we can accomplish now because of this abundance of grace. Things that are normally beyond our ability. Things that are normally beyond us or that we may not want to willingly do if we release ourselves in Christ to enjoy whatever we have in Christ. But just because we are still wearing this flesh, even if we stumble, provision has been made for us. We will not fall back to the ground. Praise the Lord. Instead, we will be caught and held in Christ's loving arms. Praise the Lord. What does this one mean? Because of the abundance of grace that is here, even if we sin or we fall into sin again, 
if he asks for forgiveness, there is still forgiveness in him. Praise the Lord. Please help me open Romans chapter 5, verse 20. It says, Moreover, the law entered that offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. Now, but if it is like this, are we supposed to continue to sin? Let's see what verse 1 of uh, chapter 6 says. Let's read it together from 1 to 4. It says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we, who died to sin, live any longer in it? Or do you know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead and by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. Please, how many of us have not been baptized by immersion? Is there anybody that has not been baptized by immersion? I think only three people. Children and one adult. Okay? You can put down your hands. Praise the Lord. The Lord Jesus Christ mandated that when we have preached the gospel to anyone that have accepted, the Lord Jesus Christ should be baptized also. Why? Because of the significance of water baptism. In water baptism, it's not the type that they sprinkle water. It is not the type that they will take, put finger and draw maybe a cross on your forehead. The approved baptism by water is immersion. Immersion whereby the whole of a person's body will be buried inside water and then will be brought out again. Praise the Lord. Why? Because the Bible made us understand in the book of Romans chapter 6.23 that the wages of sin is death. Praise the Lord. So if the wages of sin is death, then we are all supposed to die. Why? Because we even inherited sin. And then after we have inherited sin, we inherited the app for sin. And it's in us. And then we are using it to sin. Praise the Lord. So that nature of sin is in us. And we are practicing sin. So, going by what the first part of that verse says, we are supposed to be condemned. But the latter part says, but the gift is not even what we worked for. He said the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. So, if this is the case, what we are asking now is that if forgiveness is guaranteed, do we have the freedom to sin as much as we want? The answer is there in verse 1 of chapter 6. It says, certainly not. We are not expected to continue to sin just because there is forgiveness in him. The door of grace is still open. Yes. Anytime we sin, we can still go back to him. Yes. But we are not expected to continue. There are some sins that we indulge in that in spite of the fact that we know the consequence, because of the sweetness of sin, we still want more. Praise the Lord. But if we are in Christ, the Bible says all things are passed away. It's only those things that we invite. It's only those things that we allow by ourselves. Remember, he told us, whatsoever we allow on earth, we be allowed in heaven. Praise the Lord. 
and whatsoever we disallowed here will be disallowed. The same thing with sin. It's only the sin that you allow or that I allow that will torment me or that will hold me down. Why? Because the Bible says sin. He says, shall not lord this over us any longer. The Lord Jesus Christ has given us abundance of grace. Praise the Lord. He says, if we are behaving like this, that means we have put a kind of attitude of taking advantage of God. So, if you are here this evening, you have given your life to Christ, you have been baptized. Praise the Lord. That baptism that we are doing is not mockery. It becomes mockery if we are still going back to our former sin or we are still practicing what we have been practicing before we did that baptism. We are expected to forsake the life of sin. Anything that is sin. The Bible says we should flee every appearance. Anything that looks like it. We should steer clear of it. That is what the word of God recommended for us. So, if we are still doing this, it shows that a person does not understand the seriousness of sin. Sin is so serious to God that he initiated what we are celebrating every year now so that we continue to remember what he has done for us. Sin will have separated us completely from God and it does not cause God anything to wipe us away and to create another set of humans. Praise the Lord. But because he still wants to preserve us, he decided to forgive us. He decided to cleanse us with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and he still makes it available. As fresh as, as it was when he was crucified over 2,000 years ago, the blood is still at Calvary. Each time we plead the blood of Jesus, we ask for forgiveness of any sin and we plead the blood of Jesus Christ. He still cleanses us from every unrighteousness. But it is not a liberty for us to continue to sin. There is no small sin. There is no big sin. Sin is sin. And any kind of sin, the requirement or the punishment is supposed to be eternal condemnation. But there is even one that is more terrible. That is why we are here on earth. Sin it hinders our fellowship with God. It made us understand that there is nothing we can do by separating ourselves from him. There is nothing we can achieve by our power. My brother, from the, uh, what we learned on Sunday, was reminding us that there are some things that we think, uh, as Pastor usually say, <laughs> I can do this, I can do that. But it is only what God says you can do that you can do. It is only what God says you are capable of achieving that you can achieve. Praise the Lord. If somebody boasted that I will kill you and will burn you with fire, and God says no, were they burnt with fire? I'm talking about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The king had the power. He made the fire. He had the aklapas that carried them and threw them. But those ones did not escape the fire. But the people that were really thrown inside fire did not die. Why? Because God has power over everything. Many times we think we have power. We can do this. We can do that. Because God is still allowing us. Praise the Lord. But he enjoys it if we follow him or we obey him out of love. Genuine love from our heart. That's the reason why he has left us with ability or the opportunity of choice. That we can make choice. 
May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. There is nothing we can achieve by separating ourselves from God. And you may say, oh, I'm not separating myself from God now. I don't forsake the fellowshipping together of uh, other brethren. After all, I'm in church this evening. I was in church last Sunday. I attend every choir practice. I attend the Bible study uh, review. I do all this. I do all that. But if you still harbor sin, if there's still any particular sin that is still loading it over you, that is still holding you down, you are still deceiving yourself. It is still causing separation. It causes insulation between you and God. It disturbs the flow of life. It hinders what you can enjoy from God. It stifles the relationship. Praise the Lord. So we need to take sin seriously. It is very, very important. God allowed his only begotten son to be sacrificed because of your sin and because of my sin. And that is the reason why we must take it seriously. Say, this is Easter week. Abby, if it is Easter week, what are we reminding? Uh, let's, let's just call it Resurrection Week because I heard story about Easter. Praise the Lord that it was a, a kind of a festival or something somewhere. Praise the Lord. What we are trying to say is that we must take it seriously if God took it seriously. It's very, very important. And that is the only message I brought this evening. We have been hearing it every day. You two have been preaching it everywhere. But that is the only message I brought this evening. That if those sins that you and I are still struggling with can hinder us in many ways or is hindering us in many ways and we have to watch it. We have to work on it. We have abundance of grace. The only thing that we need to do is to ask for grace. You drink alcohol and you are still enjoying it while in Christ. You are claiming different kinds of things by holding on to it. You still do different kinds of this or that. God is not pleased with it. We cannot use our activities to cover up for it. We cannot engage in fornication and adultery and think we use our activities or being in church to cover up for it. Is there any portion of the word of God that your life is not in line with? We need to work on it and adjust it because sin is the transgression of the law of God. Disparity from who God designed us to be. If we are not being what God has designed us to be, we are a disappointment and disgrace unto God. And we should not expect to go back to him in that kind of state. Because his sinful state is not compatible with his realm. Praise the Lord. And the danger of it is that it is appointed unto man once to die. And the Bible says, after this, judgment. Which means, after that, there's no remedy. There's no correction to our record in life. And there's record for everything that we are doing, both in the secret and in the open. May God help us indeed in the name of Jesus Christ. The availability of God's mercy must not become an excuse for careless living or moral laxity or moral laxness. It is not. Praise the Lord. So, I want us to quickly read some Bible verses. Number one is Mark 13. 32 and 33. But of that day and hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, even the Lord Jesus Christ himself. He is the one talking here. He said, but only the Father. That is when the trumpet will sound. Okay? He said, take heed, watch and pray, for you do not know 
when the time is. So why we continue to indulge in sin? When he has made everything available for us to be able to overcome every sin. Praise the Lord. Then Mark 14, 38. He says, watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. But he made us understand that though the flesh is weak, but the spirit is stronger because our spirit man has been renewed, has been recreated. Praise the Lord. So we need to feed that spirit man, feed it very well with the word of God so that it will be strong and be stronger than the flesh. You were born maybe after we became 11 years, 12 years, 30 years, 40 years, our physical man had become so strong. But the day that we became born again, we were spiritual babies in the household of God. And we can feed that baby. We have the responsibility to feed that baby until he becomes stronger than the physical man that had been existing before him. Praise the Lord. So that he will not be lording it over us. Ephesians 6, 18 also. It says, praying always with all prayers and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication. Praying always. There is no matter that we take before God that he cannot sort out for us. There's a way he wants us to be. He's the one who created us. If you ask him for anything, in as much as we are willing to change to his will, praise the Lord, he will empower us, he will help us. So, he said, praying always with all prayer, every kind of prayer. Prayer, pray it anyhow, praise the Lord. He will hear and answer. God, I don't like the way I usually hate or the way I feel whenever I see this brother Jide because of what he did for me. Or maybe because he's too dark. Just don't like him. Praise the Lord. <laughs> God, please help me. I know you created him. Pray any kind of prayer. You know that it is ungodly for me to be behaving like this. Why is my own thought line, my pattern of thinking like this? God, help me. I don't want this pattern of thought again. Praise the Lord. So that we will be what God has designed, has intended us to be. And he will be happy with us. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. And if you don't know how, how we coin it, how to articulate it, pray in the spirit. Let your mind just be on that. He said, whatsoever you ask, why you are praying. He said, whatsoever you desire, why you are praying. Even when you don't know how to say it, he looks at your heart. What is his desire at this time? He will do it. That's what the word of God has said. Praise the Lord. Then lastly, First Peter 4, 7. It says, but the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. The version of the Bible that I use in preparation says, Be sober. Or say, Navi. Say, Be sober. And then I checked the meaning of sober. That means it's being serious, according to this version. Okay? The meaning of sober that I, I saw says, Abstaining from use of addictive and or intoxicating substances. Being sober. To be free. That means that time. There's nothing that is eating you up in the brain. There's nothing that is uh, loading it over you. You are in control. You are yourself. Being sober. Praise the Lord. He said, be sober. Ah, thank you very much. He said, be alert and of sober mind. So that you may pray. Okay? 
the end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Why do we need to be alert? Why do we need to be of sober mind? The reason is that we heard about plenty of windows that is opened to us through which sin can enter and is looking for a way of entering every moment, every second is looking for a way. Said the devil, your adversary is roaring like a lion looking for whom he may devour. So everything on the social media, on the pages of newspapers, on the television, in, within amidst ourselves, even amongst the brethren, there are utterances that will come out that we want to stick and want to accomplish some negative things. And that is the reason why I said we should be of sober mind. And if sober means abstaining from the use of addictive or intoxicating substances, one of intoxicating substances is alcohol. Abi? Uh-huh. So why did they say we should Christianity forbids consumption of alcohol? It's so that we maintain the state of being sober. Praise the Lord. So that when we are sober, we'll be able to be alert to guard what is coming. He said, guard your heart with all diligence. Because out of it comes the issues of life. And we are made to understand that it is not what comes from outside that defies us. But something that comes inside are the things that generates or that precipitates the thing that is coming out. So you have to guard what is coming out. Sorry, what is coming in. And also guard what is going out. Praise the Lord. There are a lot of times that things that are terrible will be generated from within us. But we should not allow it to go out. We do not have the right to allow it to go out like that. Some wars may want to go out out of anger. Why? Because of what the other person has done. Maybe he has hurt your pride. He has cheated you. He has done this. He has done that. But what you would have said left to you will be a terrible thing that that person will continue to remember and may go even to go and commit suicide. But you consider what is coming out because you know that you'll be judged by whatsoever you say, no matter how you have been treated. Praise the Lord. So we will guard what is coming out. But somebody that is intoxicated with alcohol, does he have the power to guard what is going out or what is coming in? Anything goes. And if while we are sober, the devil is still looking for a way of penetrating. How much more? For somebody that leaves the door of his, his or her house ajar, anything can come in, anything can go out. And whatsoever you say, whether you are sane or insane that time, the court of God will not come and smell your mouth, whether there was alcohol, and say, eh, it was because of alcohol. No matter what has come out of your mouth, has come out of your mouth, and is recorded. Praise the Lord. So, it says, be sober. And that means abstaining from the use of additive so that we maintain a sober mind. And he says, so that we may pray. At times, we need to be sober. Some things have gone out in the way that they are not supposed to. We need to recount all that you have said today so that you'll be able to make certain confessions. That is the opportunity that we have in Christ. That is what the opportunity of asking for forgiveness, that is where it comes. Some things have gone out that, ah, I wish I did not say it like that. I didn't 
I didn't treat that person well. I wish I did not talk like that. We go back to God. We confess it and we ask for forgiveness. Maybe that one will be deleted from the records so that we not continue to work against us. That is the opportunity that we have in Christ. It's not that we premeditate or plan and take uh, undue advantage of God because he said there is forgiveness in him. And then we now plan it and we go and do it and then come back to forgive. That one is mockery. It's an insult. May the Lord have mercy on us in the name of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. So our immersion baptism symbolizes the death and burial of our old life. The death and burial of our old way of life. So coming up, up out of water symbolizes resurrection to new life with Christ. So we are expected, after we have been baptized, we are expected to begin to live a new life, to be living the life of Christ, the genuine life of Christ. That life of Christ, the kind of life that we have been designed or proposed to be living on earth before the corruption came. Praise the Lord. So if we think of our old sinful life as dead and buried, then we have a powerful motive to resist sin. We feel like holding that lady again. The as usual. Ah, and there's opportunity here. Then you remind yourself. That part of me is dead. That is not me. That cannot be me. Then you beckon on the Holy Spirit. Or you raise a particular topic. That will discourage you and discourage her. Praise the Lord. Even if she too is, has been ready. We, we raise a topic. Praise the Lord. You work against it. Why? Because you are mortifying that nature. You are mortifying that instinct. That interest, that thing that is cooking up within you, you are mortifying, you are killing it. Because it says, whosoever will follow me will do what? He will deny himself. You are denying yourself of that unholy privilege. And then you are killing it because you are not satisfying, you are not feeding it. You are not dancing to that tune. You are allowing it to die. Let it cry and die. Praise the Lord. Because that is not what you are called to be. You believe that he's dead. He has been dead. So, and you cannot be feeding a dead body. Praise the Lord. So, and then we go ahead. We have the right motive. We have a powerful motive to resist sin if we consider our old way of life as dead and buried. Praise the Lord. And we allow it to remain buried. We cannot continue to feed somebody that is buried. Or do we assume dead bodies and feed them? No. Praise the Lord. So, we should that old life, old way of life has been dead. It's not that when you see beautiful ladies, you will not appreciate them again. No. God will not block our eyes with glasses like this. We still see them. We still appreciate them. And if uh, ungodly uh, opportunity is still be available, praise the Lord. And, but whenever we find ourselves, our reaction will be different. That's what this one is telling us. It's not that we leave everything and say and expect God. Just like whenever we say, okay, now uh, you begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. Some people will open their mouth, ha, ha, expecting the Spirit to be moving their mouth. No, it is you that we speak. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The same way, it is you that will make the move. And the moment it, it has come from within you to initiate the resistance, then the Holy Spirit will come and help us. Praise the Lord. That's when he comes. 
and then he will supply the help. Praise the Lord. So we can consciously choose to treat the desires and temptations of the old nature as if they were dead. Let's read Galatians 3.27. It says, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on who? Christ. We have put on Christ. And we should not continue to engage in anything ungodly. If I'm wearing a white top and white uh, trousers, there's a way I will be careful. This kind of color can even hide death. But if I wear white, pure white, there's a way I will be careful. And the same way, we, are, we should remember that we are wearing Christ. And if truly God is not seeing the us again, it's the Christ that we are wearing that is seen. We should not get Christ soiled. Praise the Lord. He has given himself for us. Our evil desires, our bondage to sin, and our love of sin died with him. Now, united by faith with him in his resurrection life, we have unbroken fellowship with God and freedom from sin, sin's hold on us. Praise the Lord. I would like us to read together the book of Colossians, chapter 3 from verse 3. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. For you died. Please pay attention. I may not have too much time to explain it, but it explains what I wish to say. So when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Okay? Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth. What are those members? Fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Go on. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. Seven. In which you yourself once walked when you lived in them. But now, you yourselves are to put off all these. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy. Fill the language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Go on. We are going to 15. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, go on, bearing with one another, if you have been attending Sunday school, it will, be, it will be clicking now, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection and let the peace of God rule in your heart to which also you are called in one body and be thankful. Praise the Lord. Please let's meditate on it when we go home. Let me drive it on to a close. The difference is that before we were saved, we were slaves to our sinful nature. The summary of all that I've been saying since morning is that before we were saved, we were slaves to our sinful nature. But now, we can choose to live for Christ. Now, 
we were slaves to righteousness. We are slaves. We're supposed to submit ourselves as slaves to God. Let's quickly read Romans 6:19. It says, I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. Praise the Lord. If he says somebody is a slave, does he do anything that he likes? No, he does whatever the master says. In those days, we see somebody's thing, uh, anybody that was a thief, see anybody's thing. The thing we say, oh yeah, pick it, pick it, pick it. Go ahead and pick it. It may even be useless for you. You do not even need it. But because that thing says you should pick it, you pick it. And you run into trouble or escape at times. Praise the Lord. But now, he said, mortify all those ones. Kill them, all those instincts. Don't listen to them again. Then make yourself slaves to righteousness. The only stimuli we'll be responding to is anything that is righteous, anything that is godly, whatsoever is the will of God, is what we'll be separating ourselves unto. So count yourselves dead to sin means regard your own sinful nature as dead and unresponsive to sin. Consider them as unresponsive to sin. Finally, the long and short of the whole thing has been mentioned from the beginning of this. Let's quickly read the book of Romans chapter 8 verses 1 and 2. What will really help us is this. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Those who walk by the Spirit are not by the flesh. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Those who walk by the Spirit and not by the flesh. Praise the Lord. So, what we are expected to be doing is to be walking by the Spirit. Practice walking by the Spirit. Thank you. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Please meditate on that. This is what Jesus Christ has done for us. This is the reason why we are celebrating Christmas. This is the reason why we are celebrating uh, resurrection every year. There is nobody that can do this for us except what God has graciously done in Christ Jesus for us. He has made us free from the law of sin and death. God, no matter how much you try to keep the law, you cannot do it. It leads to death. It only reveals the weakness in us. But Jesus Christ has come and he has replaced us in death and he has made us free from slavery to sin. So what I've come to announce this evening in summary is that you are no longer a slave to sin. You have been set free. I have been set free. So live as a freeborn, free from sin. But now you are a slave to righteousness. Submit yourself to righteousness. No matter under whatever condition, submit yourself to righteousness. Whatsoever it will cost you. May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. I would like us either by sitting down or by standing up to pray on these uh, three verses of the Bible. Romans 6, 4, 14. Let's quickly 
Therefore, sin shall not have dominion over you and over me. For you are not under law, but under grace. Please pray unto God. I believe your word. You have said sin shall no longer have dominion over me. Lord, I enter into this grace. I assume it in the name of Jesus Christ. I begin to live above sin. If you have any area of weakness, your own is different from my own, mention it. Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, I refuse to bear grudge. Because bearing grudge shall not have dominion over me. It cannot have dominion over me because the word of God has said it. We learned on Sunday that if you have seen anything that is written, just align yourself with it. You don't need to struggle against it. This is what the word of God has said. Sin shall not have dominion over me. Grudge, you will not have dominion over me. Alcohol, you will not have dominion over me. Stealing or, or theft, you will not have dominion over me. In the name of adultery and fornication, you will not have dominion over me. In the name of lasciviousness and uncleanness, you will not have dominion over me. In the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Colossians 3, 5. He says, therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness which is idolatry, and so on and so on. Let's begin to tell God, I put to death all my members, all the sinful aspect of me. Everything, every sin that I've been lording it over me, I put them to death in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a grace of God available because he has allowed us to hear this. Take advantage of that grace and mortify. Mention those sins that you have been struggling with. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you may say it silently so that the other person will not hear. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, who lost your people, who Lord are crying to you, be what you have proposed them to be. Father, hear and answer. The grace to overcome every sin, the grace to mortify every deed of the flesh, we receive it now in the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, we pray. Then tell God, according to Romans 6, 4, I, I receive grace to walk in newness of life. Say after we have been baptized, we said the baptism is being buried with Jesus Christ, and then the bringing us out of the water is resurrection with the Lord Jesus Christ. And after that, we, are, we ought to walk in newness of life. I receive grace to continue to walk in newness of life. I receive grace to continue to live the life of Christ. Lord, I bless your name. Lord, I worship you. You've been listening to a message from the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. 9 a.m. on Sundays and 6 p.m. on Wednesdays. For telephone, 09-290-9000 or 07-03-15-884-04. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org God bless you